You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. You guys are so much fun. Uh, give me just a sec. <clears throat> so, we are in this new series going to take us till the end of summer before we can even finish it. It's called Alive. And we're going to be reading about, uh, we're going to be reading this book called Colossians. This book was written a long time ago. But what's really cool is this, this book that was written a long time ago still speaks, speaks volumes to our current situations. Uh, so I'm going to pray And then let's jump in. Dear God, I'm about to to talk about your word, and I want your words. God, I pause before speaking to these students because I don't want them to hear my opinions my ideas. I want them to hear your truth. So I pray that that's what happens tonight, and I pray that they can go home and uh, come back and through the rest of the summer, that they can hear your truth and the things that you have to say to them specifically in this book. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about a book an ancient letter that talks about moving from darkness to life in color. Now, I want to tell you about the book of Colossians, uh, just so you can get an idea of what's going on, right? The book of Colossians is a letter, and if you, if you were to just pull, go into somebody's mailbox and pull out a letter, you would need to know kind of what was going on for that letter to really make any sense. And so this is what's happening. There's a city called Colossae. It's not a huge city. But uh, there's a church there, and there's this guy named Epaphras, and Epaphras planted this church, right? So Paul's writing to a church that he hasn't even planted. A lot of his letters are to churches that he actually started himself, but Epaphras was actually a, uh, a convert of Paul's, right? So Epaphras heard the message that Paul was preaching, the message of the gospel, and Epaphras said, I'm, I want that. I'm all in. And I'm going to take it home to my city, and I'm going to tell everybody, and we're going to start a a revolution. And he did, and it was going great. And the church was growing, and then all of a sudden, things started to change. There were people in the church that started teaching things that didn't didn't really resonate with what the Bible actually says. There were false teachers that were actually pulling people away from the truth of God. And Epaphras is like, I'm just one guy. I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know how to handle this. And so he goes to Rome. Paul is in, Ro- Paul is in prison in Rome. If you read like the very end of the book of Acts, you can kind of hear about what happens. Paul is in prison, and Epaphras comes to visit him. He says, Paul, we got a problem. The, ch- the church in Colossae, it, it, there's, it's, 
not going great right now, and I need your help. Maybe if you wrote a letter that we could take back, it'll be able to correct all of these false teachings and that we can continue this revolution. The point, if, if I were to boil down the point of this book into one sentence, the book of Colossians is about taking people from darkness into light. If you were to read the book front to back, you would hear those words all over again, darkness and light, darkness and light. And that's what he's trying to do. He's like the false teachers, they're pulling people into the darkness. And Paul's, with the truth of God, is pulling people back into the light. Now, I want to ask you guys, science, anybody science geeks, nerds in here? Anybody? All right, all right. Somebody tell, give me, like, you don't have to give me, like, the, I don't know if there is even a the scientific de definition, but somebody tell me, like, what light is, like, scientifically. It's a wave and a particle. Very good. What, like, so these lights, these lights, they're, they're white. Do you guys know, like, anything else about white lights? This, exactly. White light is actually a spectrum. If you were to, like, um, if you've got any shiny jewelry, you can actually figure this out for yourself. When, uh, when light um, refracts, it actually spreads out into all these beautiful, vibrant colors. That's what light is. Light is full of color. Exactly. Do you guys, you guys, this is a, I, I love this juxtaposition between light and darkness, because scientifically speaking, darkness doesn't exist. Darkness isn't a thing, right? It's only the absence of something, which is light. <laughs> and and he, Paul is going to use this metaphor, this analogy, and he's going to start to relate it to our lives, to everybody's life. You're either living in the darkness or you're living in the light. And what Paul will get on to say is that living in the darkness isn't really life. There's nothing there. The darkness isn't, you, if you're in the darkness, you're just surviving. But if you take a step out of the darkness and into the light, that's, where true life, true fulfillment, true happiness is. That's where you really come alive. And like we were talking about earlier, God, like God wants us to experience the life. Can you imagine like the light? Can you imagine if the world was just black and white and we didn't have colors? How boring that would be. But God was like, I gotta give them colors, man. He wanted us to live in the light. And so I'm going to start, I'm actually going to start in chapter 1, verse 9, and I want you guys, Paul, Paul's going to talk, he's going to explain his prayer. And I think just in these few verses, we get a lot of ideas of what it actually looks like to live in the light. So let's start in verse 9. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power 
according to his glorious might, so that you can have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son, whom he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. This is what it looks like to have a life in color. Six things. In verse 9, he says, to fill you with the knowledge of God's will. How many of you would like to know what God's will is? Maybe you're faced with a decision. I'm actually faced with a couple of big decisions right now, and I can tell you, it would be great if I could just know what God wanted me to do. The living into the light, the more and more you live into the light, the more you will actually have knowledge of God's will. In verse 10, it says, bearing fruit in every good work. This is like the story of Midas, like everything you touch turns to gold. Everything you touch bears fruit. How many of you would like to have that? Anything you touch is a success, right? Anything, you, anything you're a part of bears fruit. That's what it's like living in the light. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power. I think that one's my favorite. Living into the light means you're not weak. We're, we, we'll see in, uh, in the book of John, but... The darkness is weak, you guys. The darkness has no power. Living into the light means you get filled with the strength of God. Verse 12, qualified to share in the inheritance. When you live in the light, you are qualified for the inheritance of God. You are actually a son and a daughter of God. An inheritance is only passed down to a son or a daughter. You are qualified to be called God's son or daughter. Verse 13, rescued from the dominion of darkness. I don't know, like, maybe there are people who've been Christians in here. Maybe you've been living in the light for a while. Something that you'll know is that the darkness is always pulling back on you. There's, there's always this temptation to go back, and, back into the darkness, and living in the light means God is constantly, constantly rescuing you. And in verse 14, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. When you live in the light, the sins that, the sins that you've committed are forgiven. Not remembered, not like, if we get into a fight, I'm going to bring that up. Forgiven. Paid in full. That's what it's like. I mean, when I read this, I was like, I mean, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You know, I'd rather have that than the darkness. And throughout this summer, the life in color, living in the light, is going to become more and more clear. As we dig deeper and deeper into this book, we're going to... We're going to see more about what it looks like, and I want you guys to know something about the darkness before we go any farther. It's in John chapter 1, verse 5. John chapter 1, verse 5. This verse actually talks about Jesus. The light shines in the darkness, 
but the darkness has not overcome it. Some Bibles actually say has not understood it. The verb, the, the, the word is actually kind of interchangeable. It's, it's called uh, katelaben. Can you guys say katelaben? <laughs> that was terrible. Katelaben is a Greek word. Katelaben is a Greek word that means, that literally is, is, is like to, to lay hold of or to attain or to seize. And what this verse is saying is that the darkness is powerless to lay hold of the light. The darkness is powerless against anything that the light could do. And so, I mean, these things I'm talking about may not quite make sense. What, what's the darkness? What's the light? Where am I? Who, like, what are you talking about, Andrew? I'm hoping it'll become clear as we go along whether or not you're living in the darkness or the light. And my hope and my prayer is that as we go along, you'll take another step out of the darkness, another step. You'll find parts of yourself, corners of your heart that are still dark, behind closed doors where nobody else can see you. You actually stay in darkness. And my hope is that as this series goes on, that you will let the light come into those places. You will leave those dark places. There's nothing there for you. Find real satisfaction and hope and life and color in the light. I'm going to pray. And then uh, we've got actually a really cool uh, video that you guys are going to get to watch. And then we'll do something after that. So you guys bow with me. Dear God, I feel unworthy to stand up here and to give this message to these awesome students because I know that I still have parts of my life that are in darkness. There are still places in my heart that are in rebellion to you. God, I don't know what it is about the darkness that makes it so inviting, that makes it so enticing, but God, I pray that as we go through this series that it would lose, <laughs> that it would lose its flavor, that we would no longer be attracted to the darkness, that we would develop a hunger for the light. So God, I pray that you do a mighty work in me and the rest of these students as we learn what it means to truly be alive and to live a life in color. Thank you for your son. Thank you for Jesus who is the light and who gave that light to us. In his name we pray.